Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Do you actually want to be useless to your business? Do you actually want your business to run on its own? Or are you so used to being the hero and the one who holds it all together that you don't know who you are without that role? Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from Clear and Open. Now we know the difference between supervision and management, if you listen to the last couple episodes, and how falling into the trap of supervision prevents us from doing the strategic work that will truly grow your organization. If you catch yourself supervising, don't defend the action. Do something about it. It's not hard to figure out what you need to do. It's not even that hard to find the time to do it. What holds most people back is the willingness to do something uncomfortable. You're never going to find out what your employees are capable of until you put some productive pressure on them. This is where managers get stuck. So they unconsciously hold their organizations back because they need to be needed. But if you're unwilling to let go of the need to be needed and even embrace being useless, then you can really evolve your people and everything can get better. That's the topic today. I also want to tell you about the new course coming up. Have you noticed that qualities like honor, integrity, and excellence continue to wane in our society? Does it seem like customer service reps care less and less about your problems? Do employees seem to be lacking a spring in their step? The pandemic and the current political divides in the U.S., in my opinion, revealed, not created, some difficult things for us to look at. Depression, malaise, lostness, and an overall lack of meaning in our society. So I've got a new course beginning January 6, 2022. This winter quarter will feature embodied values and virtues, the path of character. We'll use the eight virtues of the samurai as a framework for the cultivation of honor, the embodiment of soul-level values, and the achievement of excellence. If you feel like you lack some direction for motivation or excellence, this course will help. If you're not, but you have employees who are in that situation, this will help them. To learn more, please go to courses.clearandopen.com and look for embodied values and virtues. We begin live on January 6th. That's Thursday, 11.15 a.m. Pacific time. I hope to see you there. Now on with the show. So I wanted to talk about what gets in the way of that strategic work. And strategic work, we can define easily as, um, what's that old definition? Defining, planning, and managing results. In that order, defining results, planning results, managing results. Managing results is the lowest uh, form of it. But who of you can say you have a 12-month rolling budget, a marketing strategy? That's, you know, eight to 10 pages. A retention strategy an accurate org chart, position agreements for every one of your employees, this kind of stuff. Metrics that show you how and whether or not you're on track toward your vision. And like a hundred other things. These are the things that have been proven 
to make businesses work. And I want to read a, a quote. This is my favorite quote in the Emith Revisited from my alma mater. And what I love about this quote is it's not even technically in the book, it's in the foreword. It's before the book even starts. And it's so easy to miss. But it's it's a, a, a sentence, a long sentence I would like to write an entire book about. And he says, the problem with most failing businesses I've encountered is not that their owners don't know enough about finance, marketing, management, and operations. They don't, but those things are easy enough to learn. The problem is that they spend their time and energy defending what they think they know. The greatest business people I've met are determined to get it right no matter what the cost. So if what I've said today about supervision, which I just chose as one of the most common reasons that get in the way of working on it, if you see yourself supervising like that, what are you going to do about it? And how much time will you give, give yourself for it to change? Will it go into your head and go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I'll play around with that a little bit or I'll think about that. Is that what you'll do with it? Because that won't probably and statistically make much of a difference for you. If you really see and agree with what I'm asserting here, that supervision pulls down every level of the organization, making it so the CEO can't do their job, which has long-term negative effects on the business, then how quickly does supervision need to be eliminated from your business? How much time do you give yourself for that? A week? A month? A year? Because I would argue that ah, in an organization of, say, like 20 to 50 people, you can easily do that in a month as long as you're willing to do what's uncomfortable. And that's what stops most people because it's going to be new ground. It will radically change how management looks in your business. It will change the, and it will immediately light up which people can rise in your organization and which people may already need to be demoted because you'll find out very quickly which employees want to stay children and which people want to step up. That's actually one of the best uses of this. It's not even about what it's about, but just to change the way you hold responsibility and management with people and see how they respond. Because an adult would go, great, this is what I've always wanted. I want to own my position. But a child will kick and scream and say, but I don't feel supported. And they'll be afraid of the unknown. So here's another reason why you won't do this. Because you don't, you don't get to know in advance which people you're going to lose and which people you'll promote. I see this all the time. Even with all my experience with this, I'm often surprised when I work with managers and their employees. They'll say they got four employees and I'll help them to stop supervising and start managing them. And in the back of my mind, I have a sense of, okay, this person's going to make it and this is not. And I'm often wrong. You never know. You never know because it's impossible to tell what someone is capable of until you put some pressure on them. And most managers don't pressure employees enough slash the right way to be able to find that out. 
Do you actually want to be useless to your business? Do you actually want your business to run on its own? Or are you so used to being the hero and the one who holds it all together that you don't know who you are without that role? Are you that over-identified with needing to be the knower, the problem solver, the person who can swoop in and save the day? It's a great feeling, I know. But just like with raising children, which is a form of management, if you still need to do that when your kid is 25, I got some bad news for you. You failed as a parent. You can still fix it, but they're not supposed to need you anymore. But, and it's a, it's a more of a, it's an example that shines a light on the point even more, doesn't it? Because the parent likes being needed and they've been a parent for 18 to 25 years, let's say. So they're used to being in that role. And why is it so common that parents get depressed when the kid moves out? Because they don't know who they are anymore without being the parent. And so, of course, they're going to look for opportunities to continue to parent. And most kids are going to use that support, whether or not it's healthy for them. You see? It's the same thing. It's a worldwide epidemic, supervision. It keeps everyone small because most people are afraid of their own power and afraid of the unknown. You can see it anywhere you look. And it's a great, great thing to know about because if you're looking to save time, it's as simple as looking for where you're supervising because it's a rare person who's not. Dare to be useless to the people who report to you. Dare to be useless to them. Dare to be useless to your business. Dare to get your business in such good shape that it doesn't need you at all. Now, people say they want that. Just like they say they want their kids to grow up and be independent. But if you watch their behavior, you can see a different story. And just so you know, this is something I'm working on too. I have a coach, and in the last few months, she's been challenging me to see where I'm working too hard, where I'm over-involved in my clients and doing a form of subtle supervision, trying to do some of the work for them. And even as I say this, I can hear the voice in me that says, but I have that's me providing value, and they like it, and it retains clients and all that. But what I see is, and this is very common for coaches, I think, but what I see is when I pull back just a little bit and help people less, they rise more. You want to leave a space so that they're not completely alone in it, but it's, it's tricky to describe. It's just when you support someone you have to leave a space so that they feel alone enough in the task or the project that they don't feel like they have a safety net. And when people don't have safety nets, they tend to perform really well or show you they're in the wrong job. You win either way. But the reason we don't do it as humans is because you don't get to know in advance what's going to happen. That's why it's such a challenge.
and finding that what that healthy space is is tricky and often involves a lot of trial and error. But that's one of the things I help people do is say, wait, you said what? Well, they, they said they needed X, Y, and Z to help people actually parse that out and uh, get granular about what actually is going on in every dynamic. Because every, every employee relationship is different. Every relationship is different. And there's going to be ways in which you're babysitting one person that'll be different for another. And it can differ from employee to employee. I mean, probably every one of you has at least one person who is like your right-hand person, totally owns it, doesn't require any supervision, right? Often overwhelmed because over-responsibility attracts irresponsibility, like two sides of Velcro. So typically in any organization, you have people who are taking too much responsibility, some of those people, usually the minority. And then you have a bunch of people taking not enough responsibility using the over-responsible people for support. You don't want under-responsible people and you don't want over-responsible people. You want it level. So everybody owns their job. So something you could do is make a list of all of your employees and next to them, write, put an O or a U with your evaluation of whether they're over or under responsible. And then you can, if the, and then start to draw who's leaning on who. You can draw those out and then investigate why. And you could spend three, four months just doing that. And it would free up the time that you need to work on it. So you see the working on it issue It's, it doesn't really make sense much to talk about it because it's actually quite simple. And that's the amazing thing that I learned in my first few years coaching when I was at Emeth. Emeth had this amazing business curriculum, but most of the time the clients couldn't utilize it. They procrastinated, they avoided, they did the worksheets, but they did them badly, or they did them well enough, but didn't implement them. There was always a problem. There was always something in the way. So how to write a good vision, how to create a budget, how to use financial ratios, whatever that strategic work is, it's really not that difficult. The work is working on why you're not working on it. You're either working on it or you're working on why you're not working on it. Because the CEO in an organization should be doing zero technical work, zero. If you got more than 10, 15 employees, zero, none. And you should do no reminding, no follow-ups. You make it so that every person in your organization knows when they say something's going to happen, it happens, period. Or they're on a 60-day change this or you lose your job program. That's it. You don't have time for children who say one thing and do another. Unless, of course, that's you. Because if that's you, then you deserve to have children working for you because you're one of them. Sorry, that's just the law of integrity. You can't ask or expect from other people what you can't provide yourself. Can't be yourself. That's leadership. It could be that the situation in your organization, well, not just could be, it generally is, is a perfect operating mirror of you. So whatever is not going right in your organization, whether you're at the top or in the middle of that organization, 
it's a mirror for you to look in to see how you are, for example, encouraging childish behavior by being willing to supervise. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.